says the new owner was one of three bidders who called in from London, where the auction house entrance was decorated to resemble the painting. You know, we're in this present day world, which is like a post-apocalyptic world in the aftermath of a transatlantic slave trade and like the falls and, and destructions of many empires, many peoples um, who have written histories and, and oral histories and not and we're all in this legacy of like that everything from like the fall of the roman empire like there's like a long legacy of how everybody got to this land mass in the united so-called united states and so on and our desires and our you know all that stuff is to me wrapped up in all of that so How to Pray the Chaplet of St. Anthony of Padua St. Anthony is the patron saint of lost items, the poor, and travelers. The chaplet of St. Anthony consists of 13 sets of three beads. Usually attached to this chaplet is a medal of St. Anthony and the child Jesus. St. Anthony, who raised the dead. Pray for those of us now in our agony and for our dear departed. St. Anthony, zealous preacher of the gospel, fortify us against the errors of the enemies of God and pray for the Holy Father and the Holy Mother and the Holy Other, and the people. St. Anthony, powerful with the heart of Jesus, preserve us from the calamities which threaten us on account of our sins. On account of our sins, preserve us from the calamities which threaten us on account of our sins. St. Anthony, who drove away devils, make us triumph over their snares. Saint Anthony, lily of heavenly purity, purify us from the stains of the soul and preserve our bodies from all dangers. Saint Anthony, healer of the sick, cure our diseases, and preserve us in health. St. Anthony, guide of travelers, bring to safe harbor those who are in danger of perishing right now and calm the troubled waves of passion which agitate our souls. 
St. Anthony, liberator of captives, deliver us from the captivity of evil. St. Anthony, who restores to young and old the use of their limbs, obtain for us the perfect use of the senses of our body and the faculties of our souls. I'll say that again. St. Anthony, who restores to young and old the use of their limbs, obtain for us the perfect use of the senses of our body and the faculties of our souls. The faculties of our souls, okay? The star stuff, you know? St. Anthony, finder of lost things, help us to find all that we have lost in the spiritual and temporal order. Dear St. Anthony, please come around. Something is lost and cannot be found. Please help me to find it. St. Anthony, finder of lost things, help us to find all that we have lost in the spiritual and temporal order. St. Anthony, protected by Mary, avert the dangers which threaten our body and our soul, plain and simple. St. Anthony, helper of the poor, help us in our needs and give bread and work and care and rest and resources to those who ask and those who don't know they can ask or even think it's a possibility but they ask for it with every fiber of their being. St. Anthony, help us in our needs. St. Anthony, we thankfully proclaim thy miraculous power, and we beseech thee to protect us all the days of our life. Amen. <laughs> I've, mm, you're getting a treat from me, y'all. To complete this chaplet, pray the Miraculous Repository by St. Bonaventure. If miracles thou fain would see, lo, error, death, calamity, the leprous stain, the demon, flies, from beds of pain, the sick, Arise, the hungry seas forego their prey, the prisoner's cruel chains give way, while palsied limbs and chattels lost, both young and old, recovered, boast, 
perils perish. Plenty's hoard is heaped, heaped on hunger's famished board. Let those relate who know it well. Let Padua on her patron tell. The hungry seas forego their prey. The prisoners' cruel chains give way. While palsied limbs and chattels lost, both young and old, recovered, boast. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Glory be to the Mother, and to the Child, and to all of us, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The hungry seas forego their prey. The prisoners' cruel chains give way, <laughs> while palsy lives and chattels lost. Both young and old recovered both. Pray for us, blessed Anthony. That we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. O God, let the votive commendation of Blessed Anthony, thy confessor, be a source of joy to thy devoted. That we may always be fortified with spiritual assistance and may deserve to possess eternal joy through Christ our Lord. Amen. So what you just heard me read is um, a Catholic prayer, a couple Catholic, of uh, several Catholic prayers, I should say. And I have been debating coming on here and reading this out loud for a few weeks now, I guess. I go out every night and I go smoke a jazz cigarette and I have a single decade rosary with a St. Anthony medal on it that I found in my dad's house after he passed away in 2021 around this time. St. Anthony for me, or St. Anthony for those who don't know, is a, well, growing up, St. Anthony was just a family saint that my grandmother and my mom would insist that I call upon whenever I couldn't find anything. And they would say this prayer, which I said in the middle of the chaplet, whenever, you know, something was lost. Dear St. Anthony, please come around. I've lost whatever. It, and it cannot be found. Please help me to find it. And I'll be so grateful. Blah, blah, blah. Amen. And you just say this shit like earnestly. And it's it works. That It has worked for me. And it has worked in my family. And, you know, that's just like some little thing I did all my life. And then when my, when I found this rosary in my dad's house, I was like... I found two single decade rosaries. That means um, 
single decade is one grouping of 10 beads, plus like an extra bead or two for some couple prayers, and the metal on the bottom, instead of a full rosary, which is like five decades, like five groups of 10 beads. But rosaries can have different numbers of beads. And Anyway, so the point is that it was a St. Anthony thing. And I was like, so my dad had all this St. Anthony stuff. My dad had all this St. Barbara stuff. My dad, like, yeah. So when I was like 13, let's take it back for a moment. By the time I was like 13, I had gotten steadily into the crux of like Wiccan, pagan, aka nature worshiping type new age books and shit out of the free library of Philadelphia here. And that had jumped off from my Catholic school library. I went to Catholic school for eight years. Maternity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. What's up? I went there for eight years and our school library had books on the Loch Ness Monster because it was like mostly a white Irish, Italian, Polish, and like the other, you know, bedraggled um, immigrants that became white types, plus a few like black and Indian kids here and there, brown kids here and there, very few though in Philadelphia. So this is the fucking Catholic school I grew up in. From the Catholic school library, we, so we had like having Loch Ness, books on the Loch Ness monster was like good old Irish like pride, prideful Irish lore and shit to like carry on into the Americas or whatever. And books on, and then that, that was adjacent to books on Bigfoot. And then there was books on UFOs and books on poltergeists and like ghosts and shit like that. But there was no books like about witches or candle magic or whatsoever. But then in the free library, they included all that in the same place. So me and my mom went to the free library like once a week. That was our shit. Um, or once every two weeks or whatever, and just got a load of books all the time. And yeah, I was all into and up on candle magic and what is it when you imagine the shit for yourself? Shit, I can't think of it right now. But I got into all this stuff and I remember going to my mom and being like, mom, I don't think I want to go to church anymore. Like, I'm not really a Catholic like that. Actually, like I've never really believed in it and I've always thought it was like, weird and questionable and i think all this like pagan um naturalistic stuff is a lot like all the native american ways deeply and i don't know that's just what i believe i don't really like yeah whatever and my mom was like (laughs) okay you'll come back to it That's what my mom said to me and she was right or something like that. And I was fucking appalled. I I didn't curse around my mom at all. And I still, I didn't start cursing around my mom till like two years ago or some shit. And maybe like four years ago, but I'm 38. So, okay, this is at 13. And I just say that to her and she says that back to me and I'm uh, shocked. I'm like, I can't believe it. And I just felt indignant and she just kind of like let me alone to my thing. And anyway, so I feel really funny (laughs) having spent many, many years being like on this like naturalistic, um, like earth based way, folk, Catholic way of life or whatever. And then 
not really trying to intently fuck with saints or anything like that. It was just in like the style of how I got into my like, you know, Wiccan or witchcraft type ways, which now that I think about things or now that I've been like up on the wave of traditional astrology, all the like burgeoning scholarship and like developments and practitioner waves with astrology lately. And I'm realizing that a lot of the stuff that I got put onto as a teen, a young preteen, this was before tweens were invented as a concept. So I was a preteen and was just, um, oh, right. So this astrology shit, I'm like, oh, a lot of the shit that I was on about was like really some like hermeticism or something. These bastardized ways taken out of like Egyptian mystery schools and shit of like an oral initiated ass, like long-term scholar um, mystic schools and all this shit. Like that's what (laughs) hermeticism is like built upon type things. It's just very interesting to me now. And Anyway, if all of what I'm talking about to you is just so out of left field, I'm I'm not really sorry. I'm just like, I hope that you're with the with the ride or with the story or whatever, because I'm trying to go somewhere with this. <laughs> and I thank you for coming along for the ride. So yes, lately, as a result of Magic by Ribbons. That's on Instagram, Magic by Ribbon, I think is underscored. Her advice that I should perhaps seek to um, work with a particular planet and get the assistance of a, of a particular planet. Since I started doing an activity based around that, I've begun to <laughs> go outside every day and walk around the park and smoke a jazz cigarette and pray this chaplet that I'm altering while I hold and pray it on a rosary that I found in my dad's house. And it's just very, very coincidental to me and interesting for that reason. This saint is everywhere. St. Anthony, St. Anthony. So I'm kind of on this shit to sing a little bit of praises to St. Anthony, I guess. The whole thing, the whole reason I'm reading this to you or read it to you is because when I looked up, like, I was, I had the rosary, right? And I was like, what saint is this on this medallion? It looks like St. Anthony. And I look up St. Anthony rosary and I find the shrine of St. Anthony in Connecticut. And they have a page that's like how to pray the chaplet of St. Anthony. And I find out a chaplet is like not what I have. It's a particular type of rosary And you're supposed to pray this whole sequence with the Our Father and the Hail Mary and the Glory Be in between each 13 of these sets meditating on these themes of St. Anthony. So I was like, I'm not dedicated enough to do all that. I'm not trying to do all that. I'm a hasty motherfucker. It's bad. So just to go out and do this every night. And I don't go out there with my phone either. It's quiet. It's me and the stars and like the city or whatever, you know, the stars that are out in the city by the park. And I go out and I pray this shit. Well, anyway, I read this prayer for the first time and was like, what the fuck? Like (laughs) now 
me and my close friends, we're we're very going in on what, you know, the real early Christianity was like, like radical Christianity or something, like when it was really popping off and who Jesus might have been or whatever. And I'm talking about like, if you consider this a saint or a spirit or a concept or whatever, Jesus, and very particularly like, there's a distinction between like the Catholic Jesus that I grew up with, my, <laughs> like, growing up in this Catholic, droll, tired, dragging its feet in the middle of all these um, pedophile um, scandals coming out, Catholic masses talking about Jesus and the Father and the Son and all this stuff with no, no, no nothing, no substance for, for a kid, for realsies. This dry-ass Catholic God, this dry-ass white Catholic God, you know, as compared to black Jesus and, and black God and black spirituality or whatever in, the, in Christian ways. So there's a big distinction in that way, which I don't, not, I don't feel qualified to go on at length about. And I'm just getting too deep because I'm stoned. But <laughs> So that is all to say that there's a bunch of words in these prayers that I just don't agree with. I, they bug me. I don't fuck with the Catholic Church. Like, the Catholic Church is a crime on this earth. Like, it got turned into the worst type of thing. Oh, with just so many abuses still going on right now with this shit in Ukraine where dark skinned people can't get out because they don't deserve it. They're animals. They're from like backwards countries. They're black. And all this fuck shit, all that shit going on is still on, on this like bizarre power structure that the Catholic Christian power um, structure has maintained. It's crusade shit. It's like anti-black, anti-Semitic, dehumanizing ass, warring ass, crusades shit. It's some backward shit. It's some real savagery. It's really fucked up. And it there's like centuries and centuries and centuries of it. And before that, centuries of crazy shit with the with all the empires, the Roman Empire and all this shit. I'm always running my mouth about this shit. So when I say the words Christians and this Christian God and Christ Catholic God and the Holy Father and all this stuff and evil and all this stuff. I really want to take it to like broad, deep, celestial level of a sensation, a free association, perhaps. I want to break that interpretation away, like these words that their associations with this power structure of this like wicked Catholic Christian surveillance God that is white and right and all this shit. I don't want the words that I say to have any associations to that. Or rather to be explicit and be like, and all this other shit. We're not just going to talk about this shit. We're going to talk about all this other shit in these prayers. So yeah, I'm, I'm blaspheming the shit out of this for my own purposes because it's what needs to happen with prayer. I mean, <laughs> that's the other thing about magic is that you know it's a con it makes sense that to pray 
the prayers that many others have prayed before is to take advantage or add to that like lifetime, many generational chorus of that prayer being uttered. If you follow, it's like a long ongoing reverberation and resonation of a desire or a will to power or to manifestation or to deliverance or whatever. <laughs> Yeesh! So <laughs> let me pull this together. I feel like <laughs> this is my gay homily or some shit. Yeah, in this chaplet, St. Anthony takes care of us, helps us find our shit and deal with our shit, helps us to triumph over the snares of devils, <laughs> which every time I say that, I feel like cars pull away. Cars that have been idling drive away. Shit like that. This prayer covers a number of things that is like for your protection, your safe being, your preservation, your survival. It's cute. I like it. <laughs> and so because I thought it was like a kind of a dank little prayer and and on top of that being this like dual line family prayer, I was like, let me get into let me just try and pray on this. This is interesting. Let me go out and say this prayer. It feels good to go outside and say this stuff and like think about things, think about the words. And then the miraculous repository part, like, <laughs> let me <laughs> let me pause and get a drink of water. I didn't come in here with any water and I'm over here giving a fucking homily all of a sudden. Just a moment. So yeah, the miraculous repository. I tried to, like this, this John is like, a weird, like a deep prayer jaunt. Like, I don't know how to talk about it. Like, the hungry seas forego their prey part is like the core, like the congregation says that, which is kind of wild as a prayer. Like, seems pretty magical spell esque, you know? So, that's just the funny shit about Catholicism to me is that. It's got all this type of shit in it. I haven't, <laughs> I I haven't tried to look. Let me just pause and look up when Saint Bonaventure lived and when the fuck this got written. Okay, so Saint Bonaventure died in twelve seventy four, and ooh, Saint Anthony of Padua died in twelve thirty one. So a little bit earlier in the century. And St. Bonaventure, I guess, was responsible for translating some of the relics of St. Anthony. But ugh, there's just so little about him. Hold on. It's like I found a whole uh, like Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy entry on St. Bonaventure. It's long as shit. Um, a master of the memorable phrase. So I'm not going to read this all now and then come back and talk about St. Bonaventure for another 30 minutes or whatever. But the fact is St. Bonaventure wrote the Miraculous Repository, which is some like wild ass spell talking about the demon flies and from beds of pain, the sick arise and all this stuff. Like, And also Miraculous Repository? Yeah, I don't know. It's like a call. It's a spell, you know? So 
I like spells. <laughs> I've had this rosary. I've been going out and doing this spell every night. It's very interesting. For me, a very positive and strange, uh, what do you want to call it? Mm, phase of my life seems to have begun now. So I get the vibe that people are starting to perhaps have some like philosophical or existential or spiritual needs coming up for them and they're turning to apparent or known or familiar methods to access some way to get that, which is to say people are doing magic out here, divining the spirit, working conjure, and so on. So I just, you know, I just like St. Anthony's Chaplet from a magical standpoint, if not like a positive meditation type standpoint, if if you can stand to fuck with, you know, the Catholic uh, way about it, and the delivery about it. If you could figure out how to sing it in a song that sounds good, <laughs> be my guest. It wasn't the same anymore. Getting up in the morning and feeling less and less rattling around inside of this stiff body. Less pain. Afternoon awakenings covered in sweat and grime began to fade away. The body operated nonetheless. It moved, it ate, it saw and spoke and slept. But... The days began to meld into large, continuous, arcing swaths of daylight and nighttime. Things lost their edge, and light, movement, vision, vision itself, all took on a quality of largeness, vastness, unbroken color undulating under the heat or rain or damp wind. Kay found herself full of sunlight, coming in ecstasy, peaking, leaking out of the seams and pores of her once human body. Used and downtrodden and soaked full of toxins, it leaked, it ached, it smelled. The phantom sensations of roots for feet, a vein splitting past her skin boundary, persisted. Rawl suggested it might be delirium, except they too were feeling less and less. The same, they settled. I just don't feel the same. Braga had said, and his face was soft with relief, release. Stepping into the light, lifting off, becoming wind, and scattering, and where was her body, she couldn't say. This daydream occupied the background of all her waking thoughts, 
her body on the ground and face full of grace, just like Braga's. Waking up breathing, able to taste and smell, to have a face, to have a full range of motion, not thirst or burn or ache. Once problems, now forgotten worries and pleasures of a once bodily concern. They had all survived the storm in these prototype prosthetic bodies and still one piece. But without the regular maintenance flushes, they had started to change. Lightning cracked, the sky rumbled. Guts eased his back against the craggy wall of the stone overhang where he took cover. Heavy rain shrouded him in, but did not enter. His coal-black segmented armor was off, unlatched and leaning also against the wall. Freed from its unflinching confines, the black swordsman's thick padded undershirt wriggled loose, uncrinkling a pungent odor of sweat and tang and musk. In the ghastly behemoth of steel he called a sword reclined on its long edge, cloth-wrapped hilt within reach. He unclenched his jaw. He was sitting and his animal body was starting to release its own weight onto the ancient stone. The overhang echoed a sob, out of breath heaving, crying, the armor quietly vibrating with the downpour's echo, otherwise consoled in silence. Guts! Guts! A chestnut furiously whispered into the sleeping man's ear. He bolted too, clenching the sword on his back, body tense to defend or attack. Pitch dark eyes widened for light. Nostrils flared and heart already pumping. He broke over sobbing. Guts, are you okay? The tiny chestnut voice worried. What is it, Puck? The shuddering man wrenched to his companion. What to an insensitive person's eyes looked like a sprig of tree stuck to the man's brawny, even in this thick armor padding, shoulder. And to a seeing person, a small fairy, no bigger than an early season pine cone. You were crying in your sleep. He woke me over that. All the rasp tumbled away from his voice. Guts looked miserable. So, over at my fan club, aka the Patreon, on February 20th, I wrote to everybody and sent a little, you know, hello, update, 
something a little random. And I asked for something I'd like for my next audio production is to send me topics and questions seeking commentary or advice like it's a write-in radio show, you know. (laughs) So if there's something you'd really like my opinion on and want it done publicly, you know, as public as this (laughs) is going to get, you can remain anonymous. I'd be very curious to hear about it. Something else I'd like is for you to send me flash fan fiction prompts, like ask me to write a mini fic about some characters or some situation, hopefully from a series or a show I already know, and I shall try my best to deliver possibly an audio too. And so that invitation is extended to you, listener, in this moment right now. And over at the fan club, um, Panoptic Nerve wrote back and asked, what's your take on solar punk and what's some good solar punk to read or a good place to find it? And now that I'm (laughs) answering this, I was like, oh, maybe I should have researched something to like answer you. But my take on solar punk is that there's like the literary publishing world you know, it's a business first and foremost, and it needs genre names and shit to have coherence and relevance in sales marketing and shit. So I feel like solar punk is, you know, a topic of probably a lot of scholarly discussion, which I just haven't read that much about, but I consider myself quite qualified to speak on it nonetheless. What the fuck? And then like a literary genre for sales marketing, like every, when I hear the word solar punk, I feel like I see actually, you know what? A lot of Final Fantasy, like airships and, you know, glittery, like holographic fans that are catching like the solar light powering cities and like everything's like overgrown and lush and looking sort of tropical almost um, with how lush everything is and verdant it is in solar punk places or that there's like biosphere type situations going on where people are living in these sort of what look like model housing projects, like utopian housing projects from like actual back in the day, like 1910s and 20s world fair, like utopian city displays and shits. Um, Shout out to Barry Vacker for teaching us about that at Temple University. Anyway, so solar punk to me, there's this flavor of it in my mind, like an image of it being yet another iteration of this foolishly naive, like middle class, like sort of like this design snob, type thing i'm not saying this is what solar punk is because i haven't read much solar punk like fiction that calls itself solar punk i guess but like solar punk to me is like all this like solutionism or like there's solutions or there's like clever ways that people have figured out how to like live in the world that is not dependent on fossil fuels and not so destructive and it's like a Like when I say solar punk in my mind, there's like a circular impression like, you know, humans have become perhaps um, they've integrated themselves into the circle of life or whatever. And by humans, I mean white 
um, Western, like capitalist, civil, like just any like anti-black imperial civilization humans, like the ones that are all like, oh, we we are figuring out like all kinds of things while we like murder the indigenous people and cause wars all over the place and just boil the earth while we're at it. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> like, whoo. Like, fuck. Like, so yeah, like if you read, I would suggest to you to read River Solomon. Um, oh my God, what the fuck is the book called? It's their debut novel. Shit. <laughs> I'm looking at it. <laughs> An Unkindness of Ghosts, which to me, I think the setting is like, uh, like a lot of solar punk will also like be in space or something. And it'll be like, this is how humans have figured out how to become spacefaring is like some solar punk level shit. But in An Unkindness of Ghosts, the main characters and all their people are like the oppressed and like indentured enslaved class on a ship that seems pretty solar punk in that they have all these like integrated systems for being able to persist in outer space and shit. So for me, solar punk, like a draw for me and a caution for me with what kind of solar punk do I want to fuck with? And what would I consider like, some useful solar punk is solar punk that what is its purpose exactly what is it depicting exactly like what is it giving us is it trying to just like offer a solution or is it trying to tell us a story because i see a lot of calls on like left leftist or like left groups or whatever. I don't know what to call it, like nonprofit, like organizers and like, you know, initiatives and stuff that are seeking like hopeful solar punk. I guess hope punk is a thing too. Just these literary genres that I don't know. I'm just like, all right, what are we really talking about? Like hope for what? Like hope that like, I don't even know. I just don't even want to get into it right now, but ca I caution against so there's a lot of these like contests and like anthologies coming together calling for hopeful science fiction and speculative fiction, specifically like climate change oriented, like how will we be solving climate change 90 years in the future? Like where will we be? And all this stuff. And there are these kind of general calls and they're they're just for like I don't fucking know they seem they all kind of hit too low for me they all really kind of hit too low for me and I'm like uh, like I think and like no offense to anybody trying to go for these or whatever but this is my fucking critical ass feeling on this shit is that this stuff calling for like, what's it going to be like 90 years in the future? Send us your like climate fiction. We're centering like these types of voices or whatever. But then your call has no specifics. 90 years in the future, like a hopeful, like we've solved climate change type shit. But like, who is we? What is solved? What like set some parameters to really get people to think about what the fuck they're going to write in their imagination. And some people I'm sure already have some really lit shit that they want to just like pop off with 
and it's like next level, we need that and all that. But I don't know for these fucking anthologies, but you know, I'm from Philadelphia and we're haters here. I don't know if you know that we're haters. It's, you know, it's hard to be around. It's a bad problem. We have like negative self image and all this shit for real. So please just take my shit with a grain of salt or whatever. I'm just a harsh critic sometimes. But yeah, the the solar punk that is just kind of projecting the present or like that there will be nation states 90 years from now or like I, I just or that basically like solar punk that's just sort of aesthetic dressing for concepts from sci-fi and shit from from the 50s and the cold war and the 80s and shit all that stuff that like if we're just gonna have more of that as my friend paul walker like always likes to point out so uh wittily and cuttingly shout out to them if we're just gonna have more of this shit like what the it's just like it's bullshit like where's the imagination why is there just this projection of the shit that we've already been doing Except we're going to have like some technological solutions that are like green and actually would be really great to like get into like, let's go there, whatever. But with no examination of like the pitfalls of recent human history going into it without getting specific about like, how will we not drag or how will shit just like completely possibly implode? What will we really be dealing with? I don't know about you, but it's the start of March and there's buds coming up out of the ground right now. And Lent just started for the, to continue the Catholics and the Christian or all all of y'all, all of us or whatever, (laughs) even though I'm supposed to be an ex, (laughs) but, um, that shit, those shits don't come up in Philadelphia. Like I don't recall there being blooms coming up until Easter and it'd be cold then. So the buds are coming up now and it's the start of March. It's like two, three weeks early. And I feel like over in Japan, like the cherry blossoms are showing up now too. I haven't checked the forecast, but like, yeah, that shit used to be, shit is a month early. So here we all are, um, solar punk. Like, what's it really going to be? Where's that Janet Jackson song? (laughs) Um, so yeah, I feel like. Somebody will have to comment or like hit me up in person after listening to this about some solar punk that they read that was live and cool. But in terms of solar punk, I guess something hopeful. I I do want to like think of what could be like kind of chill and hopeful. And unkindness of ghosts is, but it's hard to, it's rough, but it's, you know, it's memorable. Gee, yeah, I'm looking at all my books and I don't know, somebody will have to write in. I can't even think, well, I can't even think of like a anime off the top of my head, but there you have it. That's the opinion. This was sort of useless perhaps in terms of recommendations, but (laughs) I tried. In other news, I hosted a desire practice workshop or like a speculative writing workshop for Blue Stoop, which is like a literary organization in the city that 
nurtures an inclusive literary community by creating pathways to access writing education, inspiration, and professional support, and celebrating Philadelphia's rich writing tradition. Blue Stoop envisions a radically inclusive literary community where Philadelphia readers and writers are thriving and supported. So that's cute and nice. And they did pay me for the work that I did of an hour's workshop and they were supportive and promoted it and all that. But I find them to be, you know, my opinions on things dealing with (laughs) academic literary institutions and how they are fucked up and keep people out who are very talented and deny access to like older writers and mentor would-be mentors and all this type of stuff. I don't know. You're talking like you're you're listening, you're hearing from a bitch who witches that they could go to the fucking library or that there was just a general culture in the city where there was like you could go kick it with a writer's group that wasn't just a fucking book writing literary group but like practiced the like oratory arts the right the literature and oratory arts like the art of the word and communication and all this shit somebody hire me out for this shit don't fucking steal my ideas pay me for these ideas or whatever to come up with your program or whatever the fuck but or maybe i'll just have to do it myself as i you know as it's gone because i always run my mouth like this i suppose but yeah so anyway Despite my criticisms, um, I did my workshop. Um, I advertised it briefly on my Instagram and my Twitter, and maybe I shouted it out to my Patreon real fast. And I'm not trying to have these like great gulfs of information between what's on my Patreon and what's on my Substack newsletter, which I had going before I established the Patreon fan club. So sorry about that if you're like, why? like I've been following you and now you're just doing this which by the way if you didn't know you can follow somebody on patreon without paying for them and you'll see all their public posts and I make nearly like all my posts public yeah I think there's like one or two that are private just to make it feel cute for the fan club you know so there's that but anyway yeah so I did the workshop it was cute oh let me just let me just get it get it get it together real fast Right. So this is a whole workshop about getting through your blockages, um, your blockages with um, your desires, with your self, your feelings of self-worth, just like stuff that you're always like, I wish I could be doing this, but like, I just can't. So desire, what is that? We're going to do this writing workshop to deal with our desires. Um, which I would say is the background of a lot of what we call speculative fiction or speculative writing um, in the way that I like to write science fiction and fantasy, if we're going to refer to two, you know, hard boundary genres. Right. So why is desire so important in writing through blockages? um, And why is desire so important in speculative fiction um as i think about it it's like this whole thing starts from this phrase i came up with um desire hope despair and my collective metropolarity we formed in 2012 and in 2013 we came out with this debut zine that was like a herald and this proclamation of what we're all about like um we're forced 
queer sci-fi writers from the city, three black members and me, like mixed white race person and, and we're working class. And like, we had all these thoughts and feelings about what science fiction is for us, what fantasy is for us. And a big crux of that is like survival and projection into the future. And in order to project yourself into the future, you like have to want to do that. You have to, you know, it's good. You can, you can project yourself into a future, but that future might be just a extension of the present. So the present where we have the pandemic, a present where everything sucks, like whatever your troubles are, whatever is holding you in, it can be really hard to think about yourself in the future if you're just exporting your goals into the a, a present that is extended. So that's how it all started. There's a YouTube video that you can watch and play along from home, which is nice. There's a good discussion at the end of the video. Shout out to Shadi who dropped in with the thorough questions that we didn't have enough time to really get into. So I would listen at least for that. Um, I'm not going to append it here like I kind of wanted to because I'm not trying to be making three hour long audio jaunts unless somebody asks me specifically for that more than once. What else? Shit. So I'm just trying to draw this to a close. This week has been a, I would say this past 10 days or whatever. Today is March. uh, It's just, it's three in the morning, Friday, March 4th, aka I'm still up from Thursday night. So, like, on the 28th, I had a really, really weird, tough day and, like, all this shit with this fucking bullshit war and watching the civilized world respond to the threat of Russia and all that shit. Like, what a fucking insult, right? Like, a fucking insult. They can't do shit for us american motherfucker they can't do shit for nobody but they sure can come together to try and get one over on russia and tank russia's economy and shit like that i don't know i'm not trying to be a news talk radio person just yet but it's a sad state of affairs is there's a lot of violent gun violence going on police bullshit the usual shit it's a rough week i hope everybody's taking care of themselves take it take it easy keep taking it easy my friends if these past several days have been shitty and weird for you and you're having like unanticipated emotional shit coming up or or i guess like just uncharacteristic shit where you're like what the fuck (laughs) just be cool just be cool because I think it's just the astral weather and the, hence the world events and shit. It's like a rough time. Spring's coming. I know for some people and lately for me, it's like this type of mania comes for you. So if if that comes for you, like and you and it, you know, it's going to be rough or something. Just make provisions for yourself in the future if you can. <sighs> yeah, it's a lot going on. So, thanks for listening. I don't have much of anything to promote just yet. I'm working on... Actually, let me just tell you a little bit about what I'm working on. 
I want to make a few bookmarks to sell because I vend in the park. And when I sell zines and things, you know, people will buy little lower price things quicker. And I think a bookmark would be nice. I need a good bookmark in my life. So I'm going to make a few of my own and try and get those together soon. Hopefully before it's full blown, full blown spring. But we shall see. All right, my loves. Take care of yourselves. This has been the once and former number 18, a.k.a. M. Teas, a.k.a. Megasmunk in so-called Philadelphia, Lenny Lenape, Lenape Hockey. So listen, yeah. listen, take care of yourself, Gita. I'm trying. Oh, because you only have one life to live, 